Oh, man, it's a new Spirit Ride Option podcast. The 49ers look to extend their season opening winning streak to six with an early game on Sunday against the Cleveland Browns. We're going to talk about it all starting right about now. Welcome, everybody. We are live. We are live. My name is Jason Aponte. I am Andrew Pasquini. We're working. That's it. We're working over here. That's it. Let's go, Niners. Let's go, Niners. Oh my goodness, we are live, we are live, we are live. It's a new episode of the Sprint Ride Option Podcast. I am Andrew Pasquini, joined as always by Jason Aponte, and I know we're on to Browns week, but I've had one thought on my mind all week since it's happened, Jason Aponte. Mm -hmm. I cannot think of a funnier thing that could happen on Sunday morning Mm -hmm. than George Kittle scoring a touchdown lifting his shirt to reveal the F Dallas shirt to remind people that even though they're in Cleveland, it's still fuck Dallas. Jesus. We're still doing that. I actually <laughs> forgot about them like that. The, after that loss, like I kind of just was like, you know what? They're not even worth the conversation anymore, but Hey, if Randy, if Andrew wants to pop it off, I'm with it. Like let's keep it going. I, I saw that photo a million and a half times this week, whether mm-hmm. he'd be fine, whether he'd not, I wanted, I, I just thought it'd be funny just to continue it. I like, Oh, you find me 13,623 dollars or whatever the exact number is. But I just want to remind the people it's just forever F Dallas. You know, it is what it is. Yeah. I mean, I think it's pretty funny too. Damn. I didn't know Andrew was going to open like that. I assumed there was going to be something about like Cleveland and I I didn't know that's where we were going. It was either that or I heard Ryan Fitzpatrick give a good opinion on how to stop the tush push. But that Mm -hmm. I feel like is more for the the Philadelphia preview, which like I'm already kind of like sneaky talk thinking about because – I no disrespect to the Cleveland Browns. Very good defense. Very good pass rusher in Miles Garrett. I have a hard time getting up for a PJ Walker start. That's just my opinion. So I've been kind of like we did with the Arizona. I started looking forward a little bit, but nonetheless, we're gonna have plenty of good information on the Browns, Jason. I I didn't start though. How was your How's your Friday going? Pretty good. Uh, streets is saying the streets are calling. Somehow the streets are calling, and let it, yeah, it's like what? Like how did? Okay. Yeah, we're, we're, we're kind of getting that, you know, so it's Friday. Uh, going to have some fun today. But, yeah, no, look, uh, I actually – I'm actually way up for this game more than I was, like, the Arizona game. Um, yeah. uh, you know, like, where I was looking forward towards Dallas. Like, there are certain things about this that are intriguing. Yes. Um, I understand the P.J. Walker thing. You know, obviously, if Deshaun Watson was there, it still wouldn't matter. I would pick the 49ers. But, you know, there's the history with Kyle Shanahan and Jim Schwartz, and, mm-hmm. and I want to see that get broken. I want to see if Cole McKibbis can continue to improve um, against Miles Garrett as well, too. Mm-hmm. I want to see if the 49ers can play in a game where it's raining and, and what the offense looks like and the Cleveland's run defense is very good. There's a lot There's a lot to be um, intrigued about with this game. I never had any thoughts like that with the Arizona Cardinals, so at least there's there's that. Yeah, this game definitely has the interesting matchup. As I mentioned on Twitter the other day, Jason, that you you saying that this Browns defense is everything the Cowboys defense thinks they are. Yep. Putting it in my mind of like, oh, okay, Jason. Like that's that's how we're looking at it. That's right. I uh, mentally stable Andrew loves that thought going into a, well. a weekend. But but it, it it's true because you look at all these numbers mm-hmm. and it's a lot of fewest the lowest the best defense in the league top three defense in the league and and it's 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 interesting but at the same time last week we had 
I don't think as much conversation about the Dallas defense about in terms of being tops of the league and a lot of things, but they were also near the top of the league in a lot of stats and the Niners defense broke them to a point where I guess they're going to laugh later or, or something. I, I don't know. We don't need to dive into that. You're still, again, you're Jason. still, you're still doing it. You're still, I'm still doing, doing it. it. It's just, it's so funny to me. It, yeah. It's so funny that all the quotes last week and we're still here talking about whether or not George Kittle's shirt was inappropriate or Micah Parsons. But anyways, I'll digress. No more cowboy talk from here on out. We talk about teams that can compete with the Niners here on this podcast, Jason Aponte. But the, yeah, the, there's a lot of things to this game, a lot of headlines, a lot of stories that I don't think you necessarily would have thought going into a random week six 49ers-Browns game because there's plenty of headlines. We, we've mentioned Deshaun Watson, P.J. Walker. Randy Gregory is going to make his debut for the 49ers come Sunday. Uh, Joel Batonio, he's out. That's going to be a huge thing for the Cleveland Browns uh, offensive line. A lot of things going into this game. So, Jason, I'm going to let you deal his choice. Jason Aponte's choice. His hair is, is looking clean. It's looking nice. He kept, It's upkept, unlike mine. It's all over the place. So I'm going to let you pick. Where do you want to Where do you want to start with the Cleveland Browns? Just a little bit about, like, the Cleveland defense is who, is who Dallas thinks they are. And there's so many similar things in terms of coverages that they use. And then, you know, you have your star pass rusher. But I do think that the one thing that Cleveland has is two very, very good corners in um, Newsom and Ward. I, th- I think there's an argument for them to be the best duo in the league as well. Grant Delpit's a great player. Um, JOK. Uh, there's a lot of great players on this defense. And, all of those things that kind of last week I talked about with the Cowboys where I said, you know, I believe this is going to be a low-scoring game. This is going to be the test. Like, you're going to find out. It's not going to be as easy as possible. The only way that I, I see Cleveland's defense folding is if their offense can't sustain drives and if they're they're not keeping the defense fresh because the 49ers will wear you out, even though Cleveland is at the bottom of the league in ter- or top, you know, whatever it is, uh, in, in yeah. giving up rushing yards. No one scored a rushing touchdown on them this year. Christian McCaffrey – it's it's your time, right? Like we want to yeah. get to 15. So I, I am really, really intrigued with this battle. And then on top of that, the Jim Schwartz and Kyle Shanahan thing. Yes. I really want to see this offense against this defense because I've been craving a challenge. Ha ha ha. That's a Dallas Cowboy joke. Um, and, and Cleveland may just be that. And and that's what I think I you know we were gonna get on Sunday night football. So I want to see them against a top end defense with players who can take away wide receivers and, and are very good in coverage. I want to see all of this. The one thing that the 49ers have as a, a little bit of a, an advantage is Cleveland's uh, struggles against pre-snap motion. The 49ers, obviously pre-snap motion with the Miami Dolphins, the same kind of thing. So I, I think that's where we're going to find the interesting part, but Cleveland is the defense that, that Dallas believes they are. And, and I think that's what's, what is most interesting to me is like, we're going to see a rain wet game, and yep. against a really good defense, like I, I want to see how this plays out because there hasn't been many, many uh, adverse situations or, or uh, circumstances around Brock Purdy and his team so far. Yeah, and 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 that that's the thing, Jason. It's not just the the rush yards allowed, the fourth lowest in the league. It, it's really every stat of like moving the ball. It, 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 it's all of that. It's they are the they've allowed the fewest yards per game 196.8 under 200 yards per play 3.8 that's the fewest in the league drives at ends and scores 17 and a half lowest in the league pass yards per game fewest in the league sack percentage second high like it, it's a lot of these stats of okay how are the 49ers going to move the ball and it, 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 it's stuff like that and i understand that they've played 
they played all three teams in the AFC North already. They got lucky. Uh, not lucky. The schedule makers, the, the AI overlord schedule makers that Amazon keeps wanting to tell us the schedule is made up by AI, bless them with the Cincinnati Bengals in week one. Not necessarily a great matchup for the Bengals because A, they start slow. Burrow was hurt. All that fun stuff. But what I think is going to be very interesting is it's a defense. You mentioned Newsom. You mentioned Delpit. It's a defense that hasn't forced any turnovers yet. They have the fifth lowest turnover percentage in the NFL, uh, 6% of drives ending in turnovers. And so the question becomes to me, Jason, is what do you believe in more? This Browns defense that is, is slowing teams down. They are very much slowing team down, but not forcing mistakes, proving that they're an elite defense. Because I think that if they hold the Niners defense or offense to 15, 20, whatever points they've been holding teams to, I think we can start talking about an elite defense out in Cleveland. Or do you believe that the 49ers offense has had little to no issues moving the ball, scoring points, that has Brock Purdy, top 10 quarterback, MVP candidate there, I say, Jason Aponte, uh, Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, Brendan Ayuk, George Kittle. Do you think that they'll be able to move the ball on offense while not making mistakes, something they don't do. They do not make mistakes. They've only turned the ball over twice. So I'm interested to see that battle of can Cleveland force turnovers? If they can't, can they keep stopping the Niners offense? Or can the Niners not turn the ball over? Or are they going to have struggles moving against a Cleveland defense that's tough to move against? And then when you throw in the rain and the wind, it's just it's it's a it, it's all the recipe for like a weird game. And that's what I'm saying. Like Brock hasn't had to play in one of those monsoon games. Jimmy has, Trey has. Um, those games are weird, and the 49ers don't win those games. Uh, so I, I, I want to see how this is. I want to see them kind of, again, this is out of your control, but these circumstances aren't ideal, right? Like what type of offense are you going to be? And then on top of that, the nature of the defense against you. Like I I don't learn things about this team when they keep blowing people out. Yes. I want to know about when things aren't ideal, what to think right now, right? Like the season's not going to play out this way where they're just – beating everybody by like 20 and something points. I mean, I would love that. Um, I would love that for us because it's it's mm -hmm. super easy to be a 49ers content creator right now. Yes. Um, but I do want to see these, these matchups and these like games where it's like, hey, that team isn't better than you, but they present matchups. Um, they present matchups that are are hard on the 49ers and you want to see improvement. You know, again, like McKibbitt, McKibbitt's against Garrett. Can you can you game plan for him like you did with Michael Parsons and erase mm -hmm. him? Um, we've seen them do it with Aaron Donald at times. Um, TJ Watt's the only one who really this season has like, you know, caused havoc. The Giants defensive line was them sending like seven and eight guys. So it really uh, it really wasn't just like one or two guys like wreaking havoc. So I want to see again, you know, a blue chip player, not somebody that you're going to see again. But basically back to back weeks, this offensive line has gone against the number one and number two um, pr uh, pressure rates um, as pass rushers uh, with uh, Michael Parsons and uh, Miles Garrett. I'm, I'm interested to see if this offense can continue to function um while respecting that player and that's when you know your offense is cooking is when you don't have to change anything drastic and you can just operate your offense you can do it while respecting the player and and, and giving enough attention to him yeah no I, i'm i that's the one i'm interested in because it's not just miles garrett it's 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 a darius smith on the other side it's it's going to create an issue i know miles garrett takes a lot of his snaps on the left side of the offense that's going to put him against trent williams which is just going to be a hell of a matchup to watch on Sunday. I'm excited to watch that one. I'm interested. I, I, I think Jason, you and I are kind of in the same spot is, is 
I'm excited to see how the 49ers handle this matchup and and, and how they respond and see. Because I, I think I, I know it's really easy to talk about, you know, the Cleveland Browns and, and they're, they're the Browns and blah, blah, blah. But if the Niners put up 30 points on Sunday, it's probably their most impressive offensive game of the season because you you keep mentioning the rain and, and all that fun stuff. And, and, and we're getting this is when football starts to me is when we have to start talking about the weather because because mm-hmm. that, that's football season to me. And the stat that stood out the most to me for the Cleveland Browns defense, and, and it's kind of uh, how, kind of crazy how much they lead this stat by. First downs allowed per game. They're allowing nine and a quarter first downs per game this season. Uh, the Niners defense is allowed the fourth fewest first downs at, uh, whereas my number, I have it, 16 and 0.8. So there's a difference of nine for, uh, seven first downs per game allowed. The second place New Orleans Saints, they've allowed 16 first downs per game. The difference between the Cleveland Browns at number one and the New Orleans Saints at number two in terms of first downs allowed is the same as number two Saints and the number 28 Indianapolis Colts. That's how wide of a margin this this Browns offense defense is leading, uh, not giving up first downs. So, yeah, man, th- this is going to be such an intriguing matchup. It, it, it's it's not just all the talent on both sides of the ball, but it is the mention Jim Schwartz versus Kyle Shanahan and Niner fans have their little history with Jim Schwartz. I'm sure you remember with, with Jim Harbaugh, when Schwartz was was the head coach with the lions. Uh, what, what, what was the stat? The Shanahan offenses have won one game against seven, whatever, one out of 10 against Jim Schwartz. They've scored 20 or more points uh, against Jim Schwartz defenses. Once things like that, that don't make me feel good. I just want to go back to the, has Kyle Shanahan had an offense as complete as this one? And has Jim Schwartz been able to defend a def- offense as good as this one? And that's where the match it's, it's the matchup within the matchup. I think what's funny is uh, you mentioned the first down numbers and the game before the bye, the Baltimore Ravens actually kind of lit up the Browns in that game. So that shows that there is a funky game in there for them and they still have that stat. Now, I haven't gone all the way through. You know, again, the Bengals, they start slow. I believe they played. Um, the Steelers as well, too. That offense is not great. Um, those are all things that kind of people are saying about, you know, the, the 49ers and certain teams, like who have they played. But the Ravens kind of lit them up um, before the bye week. I remember watching that game. Lamar had a very good game, mm-hmm. and they still um, are at the top. So I think I think it's it's something that needs to be discussed as well, too. Like, again, the only way I see this game really getting away from being competitive the entire way is if, the, the Cleveland defense is out there too long. If P.J. Walker can't sustain drives and it's just three and out, three and out, and the 49ers are just feasting, they don't have to be challenged down the field, anything like that, and they're just getting off the field, then that's going to be the time where you'll see Cleveland wear down and the 49ers are built to, to knock you out in that way if you start to get tired. So that's the only way I really see this game getting out of hand. I still have the 49ers winning by like probably about like 10 or 13 points, but it'll be competitive the entire way, and it's going to be interesting to see, like, you know, how it goes with uh, with this defense? Yeah, and and I think to me that the defense, the Browns defense versus the 49ers offense, that's the matchup to watch. But it feels like you mentioned PJ Walker. All the headlines for this game are on the offensive side of the ball for the Browns defensive side for the 49ers. Let's start with the 49ers angle of it before we get into the injuries on the Browns side of the ball. The big news for the 49ers defense this week, Randy Gregory is going to make his debut. Obviously, you remember the trade that happened last week. Uh, I, I was reading a few articles about Randy Gregory. He rushed from a standing position in Denver. Obviously, he's going to rush from a three-point stance in San Francisco. That's what the Niners do, the 4-3, uh, at least in base. 
he he did admit that he needed to work on lowering his pad level on rushing. So maybe it's something that works out best for him. And then according to teammates and, and his age and 10 teams showed interest in Gregory when Denver made the announcement, or I guess the, the report came out that Denver was moving on from Gregory, which maybe spurned the Niners into making the trade. I, I know we touched on it a little bit last week in terms of the idea of Randy Gregory, but now we're going to get to see him on the field in the red and gold, see what he looks like in that number five. Give me your thoughts. We're now we've had you've had a week now to kind of think about what Randy Gregory can do on this Niners defense, Jason. Now that we're a little closer, give me give me what your your week week old thoughts are on on Randy Gregory. Um, I don't. I, I mean, obviously it adds to the depth, but the 49ers have been chasing that speed rusher that D Ford was in 2019 um, for this entire time, and they kind of hoped it would be Drake Jackson. After the three sack game, it hasn't looked that way, um, and that's fine. Like you know, maybe he needs a little bit more time. But if you get someone who situationally can pass rush, and I'll be honest with you, Andrew, like yeah, they might put him in three point, but I wouldn't be shocked if they're gonna play to his skill set and like mug him over the a gap or try to get him in different spots and move him around standing up. Like I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be shocked if they play like it's like, yeah, you know, we'd like for you to fix your yourself and play this part. But we also have to do a duty of like putting you yeah. in a good position. Right. So to, to succeed. So it's going to be interesting to see. But again, situationally, like he has, I think, his last three years in, in Dallas, um, 15.7 pressure rate, 15.1 pressure rate, 15.7 pressure rate. And that's just situationally as a pass rusher, 96 percent of his pass rushes um are are throughout his career right like he's not an every down like run defender yeah. like again so it, it'll feel just like kind of deford in terms of the skill set they're chasing and then situationally it'll be third down third and nine go get the quarterback like go you know and and that that's the type of stuff that you'll see more than anything so i love it i think it's a great move and i do think again the 49ers just found a cheap way to try to take a shot on somebody and i think why not somebody who has actually put up the numbers that he has even in the state that he is in his career yeah, so, so Gregory will get his chance on Sunday. He won't be chasing Deshaun Watson, who's who's not going to play. He has a right shoulder injury. He suffered a couple weeks ago. Uh, he was replaced by Dorian Thompson Robinson. He started for the Browns in week four against Baltimore. That didn't go very well. He went 19 for 36, uh, 121 yards, three interceptions, four sacks taken in the loss. So the, who do they call? Well, none other than the 2020 passing touchdown leader in the XFL. And I believe they call it the mid-year MVP, P.J. Walker. It's going to be his first start with the Browns. He has seven career starts, all with Carolina. A little interesting connection between him and 49ers defensive coordinator Steve Wilkes, both in Carolina the past few years. In those seven starts, 15 games, he's 13 for 200 – or. 131 for 228 uh, on his pass attempts, 1,400 yards, five touchdowns, 11 interceptions. Jason, I, I think, let me get the obvious out of the way. I don't think I'd want to start a third-string quarterback against this 49ers defense. I think it was painfully clear watching Dorian Thompson, Rob, uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson play. Uh, or I forget what is his name again? DTR. DTR. Yeah. Dorian yeah. Thompson Robinson. Robinson. The asterisks are the, the 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 hyphenations always. Right. Agree. I got it. It's just I, I'm in my own head, but I think it was obvious watching him that the preseason stuff doesn't carry over to the regular season games, and it's no. just funny how like in the preseason everyone was like, "Hey, you know, maybe they should have drafted him," or could you imagine? And it's like, guys, that was preseason. Like, like you know, when things turn around. The other thing is, is apparently. He found out just like a few hours before the game started that he was going to start. 
which is no fun. That's like no. no fun at all. And then I believe he found out through the media that he would not be starting this week. PJ Walker would. And it's just like, hey, Cleveland Browns, um, you guys really know how to do it. So, I mean, figure it again, out. yeah, the thing is, is like the DTR hype was always too big because it was in preseason. But, uh, yeah, he I watched that game and he just he did not look like he could see things quick enough. The Ravens were all over the place. It's obviously a tough matchup as well. But. PJ at least has been solid, right? Like he yes. can he can complete plays and things like that. Like it's we all joke about like XFL legend, all that stuff. Um, I was talking with my dad about this, you know, a little while ago. I was like, you know, it's kind of a small miracle that he's stuck around as long as he has, yeah. like on teams and been able to be somebody who they do turn to, right? Like even in this moment. So um, yeah, obviously not ideal. You definitely want to see Deshaun Watson. I still would have picked the 49ers. That would have been a lot more fun to watch. But uh the PJ Walker thing is like, hey, he's gonna be solid like he'll complete i think he can go through the game plan and everything but yeah the 49ers defense should have their way at this point especially with ninjoku being injured um the bitonio thing is really really important for for Uh people to know that's 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 very scary for them and then unfortunately the real shine is off of this browns team because nick chubb would have been the centerpiece and i love watching him watch the run the football and it's like man jerome ford is fine but he's no nick chubb and and this team is yeah this team is like lacking like their their weapons so it's a shame that it happens. It is football. But, yeah, I don't think the 49ers are going to take them for granted. But the shine is off this offense right now in terms of being scared about, you know, how they can how they can move. Yeah, and, and that the Joel B- uh, Batonio injury, like, I, like, to me, that's almost bigger than Deshaun Watson because it, it's uh, – obviously, I'm not trying to say guard versus, versus starting quarterback, all that stuff, but – I just feel like the one week you don't want to have maybe the best guard in the NFL out is when you have a third string quarterback going up against one of the best pass rushes in the league. And it's not just a pass rush, Jason. I think in the history of this podcast, we've exclusively talked the pass rush from the outer edges, but now it's against the Niners defensive line that that seems to be getting I mean, not seems to be. It's getting as much pressure from the interior as it is on the exterior. If you look at last season, according to PFF, the 49ers only had two players listed as a defensive lineman and not an edge, finished with 15 or more pressures. That's Eric Armstead and uh, Kevin Givens last year. He had exactly 15. The 49ers defensive line, the interior of the line, if, if Eric Armstead has two pressures on Sunday and Javon Kinlaw has three, they already have three interior defensive linemen with at least 15 pressures through six games. Two and 17 last year with 15 pressures, three and six games this year if, if, if the things happen. And to not have Batonio, like, as I said, one of the best, if not the best guards in the NFL to protect your third – I'm not going to call him a third string. I think I think calling PJ Walker a third string quarterback is a little disingenuous. But the third quarterback you have started in a game this season, that feels like a recipe for disaster. And 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 that to me screams not just Javon Hargrave, Eric Arms, and Kinlaw having a big game, but you're talking about a quarterback who has twice as many small sample size, eleven interceptions, the five touchdowns, maybe being forced into mistakes against the 49ers defense that forces turnovers. They have what six different players with an interception. All three of their linebackers have already recorded interceptions. So it's not just one guy on this defense. It's everywhere that's forcing turnovers. So I, I am very interested to see, see what that matchup looks like. And we'll take Keith's question now because I think Jason Aponte is the perfect guy 
Well, to, I wanted to, to say real quick job. before I throw that up, honestly. Um, oh man, I had it. Oh, it's gone. Man. Oh no. Yeah. I was I was on pace to get it, but go go for it. Oh no, I was gonna say Keith, Keith Murphy, the unbeaten. Do you think Steve Wilkes' familiarity with PJ Walker will be an advantage? I'll turn it to Jason. Oh yeah, definitely. Now I remember what it was. I ran into an analytics table. I believe it's a defensive line EPA. And I found it objectively hilarious that there's so much talk about the defensive line and the 49ers starting offensive line was number two, starting defensive line was number two. And their second string defensive line was number five in this, in this table. Like it's objectively hilarious that the 49ers starters and backups are literally on this table when everyone else was just going through their starters. And that was Kevin Givens. That was Javon Kinlaw, all of those guys. I think that's objectively hilarious that, there are numbers out there that literally can point to this defensive line being just as good as it's ever been. Yet there's still a large discussion about this, this, this defensive line somehow as if it's I, I see them getting pressures all the time. Like, I don't understand this. I just wanted to make sure I threw it out there. And Keith says, do you think Steve Wilkes familiarity with P.J. Walker will be an advantage? Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, knowing the guy is one thing. But I think when you know, I think Wilkes knows the scheme more than anything, you know, um, Mike, Mich- Mike Shannon or Bill Walsh and Mike Shannon and then Stefanski, all those guys, like it's all almost the same thing that these guys are running, especially with the way Stefanski wants to run the football. You know, a lot of gap scheme runs outside zone, um, all of those things that they still want to run. Like it, it's very familiar. They have very familiar concepts regardless. But yeah, you would definitely think that Steve Wilkes has a as an upper hand against PJ Walker having coached him right mm-hmm. a little bit. But at the same time, I think it's more about what I'd be more confident in is that Wilkes understands how to slow down Stefanski's offense of, of running the football and everything. And if you can't run the football, if you're not sustaining first, first down. So if the 49ers stop the run, they'll have some fun. And I think that's where the defensive line starts to take over in this game. Yeah. It, it, it's for, for every issue the defense or the offense might have with the Browns defense, the 49ers defense shouldn't have with Cleveland. There's little spots. You mentioned Ford's been, been solid, but he's no chub. Obviously, this offense would be a little different with with Watson, but it, it's it's PJ Walker. It's and then the weather, Jason. This is it's just going to be tough, tough sledding. To even, I, I think the Niners defense. This is my bold take for Sunday. I think the Niners defense scores two scores. Like I think they get two touchdowns. Maybe I'll, I'll keep it score. Maybe they get a safety, but but I'll two scores from this 49ers defense. I I, I think that feels pretty solid it's a defense that really is clicking three interceptions last week against Dak Prescott now you're facing a third string quarterback I don't know if I've mentioned that enough Jason that the Niners defense is facing a third string quarterback uh but maybe things are a little different Drake Greenlaw's questionable we'll see what ends up with him but to me this is where the 49ers win this game is is the defense I do not think that you keep mentioning that, hey, can P.J. Walker stay on the field to keep the Browns' defense off the field? I do not think that's going to be the case. I, I don't, I don't, I just don't see how they're going to move the ball because it's already an offense that has the third fewest points per game this season. It's an offense that has the third lowest yards per, per play. And now you're taking away their best guard, you're taking away their quarterback, and you're telling them to go play the best defense in the NFL and move the ball, see what happens. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that sounds all well and good. That sounds amazing, yes. right? That yes. sounds great. It sounds like, oh man, this is it's gonna be so easy. This is something weird in my mind about this game. Like, I swear, I don't know what it is. Maybe I'm just being, you know, dramatic. I guess I'm, I don't feel like I'm being dramatic because I've got the 49ers winning, but yeah, this all is lining up too well. 
And I don't know what it is. Like things are too easy. I don't like this. I'm not used to it. I am paranoid. I am. I'm definitely thinking something is around the corner. Like it just yeah. can't be this easy. It just cannot keep being this easy. And it's like, you know, you're better than this team. But the slip-ups, when do they happen, right? Like against Arizona, right? With Colt McCoy. We're laughing all week. Colt McCoy is coming in, kicks the Niners' dick in. Like, it's it's one of those games yeah. that it's just like, I know in my heart of hearts that this team is better than the Cleveland Browns. Yeah. I know for a fact that they can win this game, and they probably will. But there is something a little weird about this game that I haven't felt all year. And it's all of those things that I was talking about between, you know, it being against his defense, Jim Schwartz, all that stuff. Like, all those things are weird, and they could lead to a weird game. Like, I like if the 49ers score 30 again, man, I don't know. I, I, I have no idea then. That's it. I'm just going to stop saying they won't um, because yeah. at this point, when won't they? It's 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 funny, too, because we, we've – obviously, the past couple of years, the 49ers slow start. I think part of it has to do with this is entering their sixth game two years ago, the Niners were two and three. Last year, they were three and two before falling to three and four. This year, Jason, it's 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 significantly different because this is a this this is the first time in two years, Jason, that we haven't been talking about a week six game as like a hey, the Niners kind of like need to win this. This slow start is hurting them. It's now it's five and oh, it's a game that that on paper, the Niners should win very easily, but it, it's all of those little red flags you just mentioned. And yes, Colt, the name Colt McCoy has popped into my brain about 400 times this week. So you, you're you're absolutely not wrong for that because it's just we as 49ers fans and 49ers content creators, we have gotten so used to just so much chaos that this is too quiet. This is this is too quiet for 49er fans. And what feels like the perfect situation for the chaos to just pop out of nowhere, it would be a 5-0 game against the Browns team in Cleveland that has an offense that's missing a lot of pieces. This would be it. But let's 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 shoo those feelings away because I, I do think in my heart, Jason, that this feels like a, a Niners win, and it should be a Niners win. Uh, do you have any final things you want to get to before we get to we we were so caught up in the rivalry game last week we forgot about Hoops Revenge game so I want to make sure we get Hoops Revenge game today but do you have any final thoughts on kind of anything we may have missed I feel like we we got a lot covered No a uh, lot of running in this game for the 49ers whether that's to just wear down the defense but it's going to be if it's going to be slick and things like that then you got to lean on it Elijah Mitchell I hope you play yep. Elijah Mitchell I hope you make it through the game um and yeah this is going to be one of those like 30 35 rush games yeah. um 30 35 40 rushes right and and i think everybody needs to contribute in this one i think this is going to be one of those grind them out games um yeah i mean again obviously the only way i see this slipping away is if you know obviously they can't get anything going they're literally three and out three and out three and out three and out um, and then they, their defense gets tired. So, yeah, for me, uh, this has got to be a game where you don't expect as much passing when you think about the corner duo outside, um, and you don't suspect too much, you know, of throwing the ball if it's going to be nasty with weather. So this is just going to be one of those run games, like run the football. Elijah Mitchell, yeah. you're here, buddy. Let's go. Make it through the game. Like yeah. play and go and make it through the game already, man, please. All right. Whomst revenge game is it, Jason? I have three names on the list today uh he played for the browns from 2012 to 2015 he currently is on the san francisco 49ers 
to Sean Gibson revenge game on Sunday. And then the Browns have two former 49ers, Maurice Hurst and Marquise Goodwin. Who I, I, I would pencil in a good Niner, even though he was only here for three years. I feel like he was a good 49er. So, so there's your hoops revenge games. Uh, Deshaun Gibson's good, so maybe maybe one of the two uh, touchdowns I predicted for the 49ers defense comes from Deshaun Gibson, maybe. Maybe. I, I definitely I want to give a shout-out to Maurice Hurst because he's been uh, really good this year, like kind of under the radar, so I really like that. Um, so let's see. Uh, Keith says, um, the te- this team is on a mission this year. I love our mindset and mentality. The team doesn't even take anything for granted after what happened in the NFC. Yeah, I, and that's another thing, right, is like, the idea of a trap game. Well, I don't think the 49ers are going to come out flat. And I think that yeah. they are handling business in a way. And I, yeah. I'm going off nothing but vibes. Um, they have been handling business every week, no matter the opponent. And I do think that, again, based off vibes, nothing more than that, that they look at every single week as there's something else to clean up. And yeah. they're still not perfect, right? Like, we missed some throws against the Rams. We got to hit on those. Um, you know, the, the blocking in the early against the the blitz against the Giants, we've got to fix that. There's always something I think that they're looking at that they want to fix. And I think every week is an opportunity to get better. So I think that's kind of the mentality that I'm getting from this team right now. And thank God for the fact that they are largely healthy, even though Drake Greenlaw did not practice today and he's questionable. Perfect. All right, Jason Aponte. I think we're at that time of the day. It's predictions, 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 predictions. Uh, before that, let's get Keith's next comment here. If we lose, it's because we got beat. We approach each game business. The undisciplined letdown team lives in Texas. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know where the Texas reference comes from, but but yeah, I, I, I think that that's the best way to say it. If the Niners lose this game, it's probably because they got beat. Uh, Jason, before we dive into game predictions, little thing we've been doing here now the past couple of weeks, we're trying to remember to do it. Go to underdog, underdog, use the promo code Aponte. Got the name right this time, Jay. Got the promo code right. Always important. Uh, they will match your first deposit up to $100. I'm going to give you three uh, very bad predictions that I have. Jason's going to give you three that you probably should run with because he's probably smart not, this. honestly. Maybe honestly, not. that's. That's the good thing about this, right, is I love that. When I put out my picks, people are like, have you hit on any of these? I'm like, well, sounds to me like you need to be betting against what I'm saying. Yeah, man, yeah, you I know. notice that, like, I'm helping you if you really think yeah, about it. If we're really bad, pick opposites. If we're really good, pick pick the pick. So there you go. Right. Uh, my three, Jason, you talked to me into one. I'm going to go Christian McCaffrey higher than 17 and a half rushing attempts, whether it's going to be a run, 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 run game. I feel like Jawan Jennings higher than 11 and a half receiving yards is, is as good as money. Uh, he averages something like 23 per reception. So if he catches one, there you go on average. Uh, the weather, the Browns defense, I'm going to take Jake Moody higher than one and a half field goal made. So there's my three, Jason Upon. I've got to actually pick this up like on here because I was trying to get it on the site. This is not uh, anything totally to say fine. about other dog. Like, I promise you. No, um, absolutely. I did have, I did have my eye on Debo Samuels um, over under on his rushing yards. Um, I believe if I'm not mistaken, the last time I took a look at it, it was 13 and a half. I'm giving me the higher on that. Yeah. Give me, give me higher on that one um, as well. Christian McCaffrey, three and a half receptions higher. I, I think that's, that's the way that they are going to, make easy completions, especially if it's getting nasty out and it's raining. And uh, Kyle Juszczyk, uh over half a yard. I mean, that that one always kind of feels like stealing because it's always going to be, but he has to catch the ball, so it's over. Half a it's receiving a half, yard. Yeah, it's half a receiving yard. 
those are three that I've got. Underdog Fantasy, use promo code Aponte. Double your first deposit up to $100. And yeah, if I'm getting it wrong, that's what you should take a look. And you should say, hey, whatever Jason's saying, I should probably go against that. That's how you make money. So if you're paying attention, you should win money. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Uh, Jason, game predictions. I, I, I'm, I'm going to keep until the Niners don't score 30. I'm going to keep picking them to score 30. Yes. It's in the rain. Yes. It's in, it's in uh, Cleveland. It gets a very good defense, but I'm going to take 34 to three, 34 to three. I'm going to go 34 to three. Let's just get real wild. Nobody pays attention to these scores. Anyway, Jason, the font, I just pick random numbers, 34 to three. Uh, 27-3, 49ers. I have a I have a really big um, belief in his defense, and I think they're going to have a great game as well too. Um, so what? I like I like how I went 40, 34 to three. You went damn, and then you just went knock a touchdown off the Niners, twenty seven to three. Thirty four too I, much. Twenty seven. The thirty better. the thirty point thing. It's got to stop, right? Like it just can't continue, yeah. right? Like it just uh, can't continue. So Jason, I mean, I still got the forty nine ers defense. I just. In in the in the realm of possibilities and like the way that I think about things, I'm just like, what is the drive that the Cleveland Browns like go down the field? Yeah. Like right, you know, and like Where score. Does it happen? Yeah, that's right. Like how and is. how does it happen? Is it like PJ Walker sitting back and slinging that thing down the field? Like I, what? How does that happen in the realm of possibilities? That's the t- like I'm having a tough time figuring out how they score yeah. touchdowns in this game. Um, Jason Mishler, thank you for the donation. Jason Stark Goddard over Kittle at tight end. Kittle or Downs, um, this is tough. Um, I think when you look at both of them, they're probably a better flex option than Downs, and that's the way you should kind of look at it. So I would find a way to start Goddard and Kittle. Uh, the, when you look at the usage that Goddard got against the Rams, it was very intriguing because finally they're, they've been talking about getting him involved, and he has been great. little side note, too, about Dallas Goddard. I posted it earlier from Sports Info Solutions. Um, him and George Kittle are the best tight end blockers this year, and they missed like one block between the both of them. So, um, God is balling. It's just that doesn't, you know, you don't get paid per block or you don't get a point per block um, on fantasy. But I would stick with Goddard and Kittle. I understand the down stuff because he's been hyper targeted, and especially what you kind of saw with Gardner Minshew. So, you kind of think that you see that happening and continuing. So, I get that part. But I'd be really frustrated if I like left Kittle on the bench and he has like a game where he has three catches for like 40 yards and, and three touchdowns. It's just it's hard. It's hard to sit there. But hey, uh, if you like go, again, Jason, go with your gut, man. Go with your gut. I, I, I like how people still ask Jason fantasy advice and don't even bother with me, which is I'm fine with not a complaint. I texted Jason last night. I'm like, hey, man, I got a trade offer. Should I take it? Sent it to him. And he's like, I swear to God, Andrew, if you trade Kenneth Walker, I'm going to fight you. Yeah, and I didn't so, say it like that, but it was firm. Like it that. was firm. It was very like, I swear, if you trade Kenneth Walker, Andrew. Uh, Jay said, I'm excited for football this week, and I think it's going to be a fun little weekend. Niners should have a pretty good game, ideally have a good game. All that matters, though, is the next time you're going to see us on YouTube.com is right here. Right here, obviously. It's going to be Monday. It's going to be 5.15 p.m. Ideally breaking down a 6-0 49ers team as they head to Minnesota. But we'll see what happens on Sunday. I think it. I think it's a very interesting matchup, to say the least. So, Jason, we are going to get up out of here and let everybody have a little bit of time on their weekend. Jason, I hope you have a great weekend. I hope you have a great night. Sounds sounds like it's going to be a little litty up in Jersey tonight, so I'm pretty excited. <laughs> I don't know about that, man. Uh, but, yeah, I definitely got to get out the house for a little bit. It's been we love it. Too much football, man. It's between from now all the way through Saturday – 
it's going to be very little football, maybe some college football, and then Sunday we're right back at it. So Beautiful. Well, I hope you have a good time, man. Take your mind off of football. Take your mind off of baseball. Take your mind off of everything and just have a oh, good the, time. Or the fact that the Houston Astros are going to win another World Series and, and God is just, just punishing mm, me and I just have to Bochy. watch this over and over. Bochy. I, dare, I hope so, man. I dare, I'm, I'm a big Texas Rangers fan hey, right now. Big Texas if, you're, if you're a Giants fan in this chat right now, I dare, I implore you to compliment Bruce Bochy without making it about the current team. I dare you. I dare anybody to do it because I can't seem to see any compliment about Bruce Bochy without taking some sort of shot at the current team. Uh, Jason Aponte, as always. Let's go Niners. Uh, get out of Cleveland as fast as you can. You don't want to be stuck there too long. No, absolutely not.